You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros Podcast. Y'all, this episode right here is going to be so good so fruitful and I truly think it could set people free because I am joined by my girl Rosalind she's going to be on the show um and we're going to be talking about all things mental health therapy and how it can intertwine with our Christianity so I'll kind of let Rosalind intro herself but before we dive in I just wanted to share that this is going to be a combo with somebody that I met at a beautiful, beautiful conference. Um, And it was just amazing to be at the Find Your Voice Academy retreat, met Roslyn. um, And it was just really a time for everybody who was developing podcasts to kind of come gain some wisdom, advice, and sisterhood. And I definitely found that with her. So I'm super excited for you guys to meet her, learn from her as I have. And let's dive in. Hey, Roz. Hey, girl. How are you? Tell us what you've been up to, what you're doing, all of it. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, hey everyone. Um, my name is Rosie Renee. I am the founder of the Therapy as a Christian podcast, where I talk about all things mental health and God. Um, it is a podcast where I share my own personal experience with mental health and going to counseling as well as share um, some background things as a mental health professional. That is my professional background. And I just really, really love talking about this subject because I feel like it is such a very new thing that um, a lot of Christians are sort of kind of getting exposed to when it comes to mental health, going to therapy, what that looks like, what that means but really tying it to a biblical perspective. And so really sharing how this is not a stigma. This is not a thing that we have to hide from, but we can really, really upgrade our relationship with God and talking to him and sharing things with him about our mental health and healing with him. So I'm super passionate about that. And so I guess all the things I'm doing, my goodness, oh gosh, besides my podcast, I have a son who keeps me on my toes, girl. (laughs) I just had a baby three months ago and I love my little baby boy so much. He keeps me on my toes. Me and my husband are new parents. I've been married for going on. Oh, actually, no, our anniversary just passed three years. Um, And so, yeah, so this is just like what I do and I'm very active on social media. I love to share just things every day, but also just educate people. Like I said, on mental health and I have a lot of different things and uh, products and services that I offer. That's kind of just the intro into me and what I do. Thank you for joining us. Seriously. I'm so appreciative to kick it off. May you share with us how you came to the decision to go to therapy in general? Was it an easy decision for you to make? How did you arrive there? Yeah. So um, back in 2018, um, I was engaged. Me and my husband um, had been engaged for close to a year. We were coming up on our uh, wedding, which was about three or four months before we got married, I started counseling. 
Um, and what I was kind of going through at that time, if anybody is a listener and you have, you know, gotten engaged and getting prepared for marriage, it is a very stressful time, especially as you're planning a wedding. And so I remember um, when we got engaged the previous year in 2017, I remember just thinking to myself, all the things that my child, all of my childhood traumas basically rushed back to my mind. And the entire time we were engaged, I was just like, oh, like, we're not going to have a successful marriage. Like, those were always the things that I would tell myself, just different, Mm -hmm. irrational thoughts about marriage, about my husband, who was my fiance at the time. And I just was like, where's all this coming from? On top of planning a wedding, um, me and my mom had had some falling out. So I actually moved out of her house and in, into my, um, fiance who ne- who is now my husband's house, which I didn't want to move in with him before we got married. So that was a whole thing. There's a lot of shame attached to that. And just, just so many stressors that impacted the way I was functioning on a daily basis. And when I say functioning, like, just a lot of anxiety, um, having a lot of isolation. I was finding that I was just never calm throughout the day. I was just always mind racing, mind racing. And that's just not normally who I was. And so I remember um, being at work one day and I was talking to a coworker. And at the time I really struggled with confidence. And so she was very, um, assertive. And that always intimidated me when I would have conversations with her. But this day, I don't know what happened, but I like left our conversation and just walked away crying. And I think at the time it wasn't even really something that was like worth crying over. But I just remember thinking this isn't normal. Like I should not be feeling this much anxiety and overwhelm over small things. And I was just constantly being triggered from just different things. And so I remember immediately looking up a therapist and I remember calling two of them. The first one didn't answer. The second one that answered, um, she answered the phone so, so quickly. She was like, thank you for calling. It was such a very easy conversation. And I was just like, hi, I really need to see someone because I think what's happening with me might be something that I need to probably talk to someone about. And we ended up setting up a session two weeks later and that was all she wrote. And I still see her to this day. Um, I've had some breaks in therapy, but I um, have been in therapy going on now two and a half years. And I have really enjoyed the process. So Uh, Yeah. So that's what got me actually going to therapy. And then another thing too, I think that while I was in counseling, I just kind of said to myself often um, that I really just wanted to work on what was triggering me, but there were way more things that came out Mm. from actually me going, uh, which I know we can talk about, but yeah, that was really what was the initial um, step for me going. It sounded like, thank you for sharing that. It sounded like a lot of awareness that you had to have to know me, how I'm acting, my behavior is shifting. And it's not just because I'm going through a life stage change or a move. It's like, wait, there's some thoughts that I'm having that aren't mine or aren't mine that I had every day. And I need to tap into that. Yeah. And I think I've always been a very self-aware person. 
um, I guess being in, because I've had experiences with therapy before. I should probably share that first experience first. Yeah. Um, so this, so the therapist that I saw that kind of initiated my full on mental health journey, um, I saw her when I was 28, but my first therapy experience was when I was 24. Um, and what that was, was I was in school for mental health counseling. Um, well really social work, but it's really framed around counseling. Um, and in the program, I had a professor that said, every therapist needs a therapist. And I was just like, well, I mean, I want to be a therapist, but maybe I do need to go see somebody. And I went to the counseling center at my school. Um, and that was kind of my beginning start to actually going to see a therapist, which started my self-awareness journey, which is mm-hmm. where you kind of can see where that can play out in the story that I just described. Um, but that was really like, I don't, I think I've always been someone that's been in tune with myself and knowing I've always been curious, to, curious as to understanding, okay, why is this this way? Um, I think that's always been led by God and having just a relationship with him because I've communicated with God about a lot of things from the beginning of my relationship with him, which was started when I was a teenager. And I think that has always been so a foundational piece in my life that when I noticed, Hey, this kind of seems off or "Mm, this doesn't seem right. I explored that with God. But it really wasn't the deep rooted work until I went to counseling. And I think that really just elevated more as I have been in therapy before. At that time, when I first started, when I was in um, grad school, I'd only went for a year. And it was with a guy that was um, a student. So it wasn't like deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep work because he was like learning himself. But it was beneficial and it was helpful to just like go sit in somebody's office and talk to them about what's going on in my life. And at 24, you know, I was living with my mom. I was in grad school. I wasn't, I, I can't say that I was having a lot of like um, experiences that made me want to really dig deep, but it did give me some foundational pieces of some things that I needed to do that, which led me to wanting to go see somebody when I was older. Mm, that's good. Kind of laying the groundwork of different mindsets that you could have, but not really yeah. tap it into the mindsets, like why you have the mindset that you had when you were talking oh, yeah. to him. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So you were talking about deep, deep work. And I think a lot of people, when they think therapy, that's the next thing that comes to mind. And it can really mm-hmm. seem intimidating to pull those layers back and think about what you'll find there, to be honest. Yeah. I think it takes a certain space in your life to accept that that there is something to find one that you're capable of making it through not even just by yourself but with God and that he encourages that discovery of yourself with him and so as you talk about your journey and especially when you add in the Christian layer um, and your relationship with the father was that something that you felt from day one when you reached out you know you're getting married Was it easy for you to always pull God in on that? Or were there moments when you're like, this is something I'm having on the side so that my my relationship is good and everything, but you weren't really pulling him in just yet. How how did that piece work out? 
oh no like absolutely not <laughs> that was <laughs> not I mean no that was just not the case <laughs> like no 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 and I think I'm, I'm glad you you I I like the way you framed that question because I think that kind of the way I described it could kind of seem as if like that was the case but no it wasn't um I described like I always had a relationship with God but I think I just knew something was off and I think at the time I just didn't understand what it was um I think now and and even when I went to therapy in 2008 there really wasn't like a lot of conversation about going to counseling. Like, I think that has really shifted in the last couple of years where now there's this conversation about, Hey, I should go to therapy. But at the time I went, there was no exposure. Uh, There was no like Christians going to therapy. That was not even a topic of discussion. Um, So I think there was never even a thing of I'm tying this with God because I never seen it. It wasn't really like a conversation. I think what prompted that part was when I was looking at my therapist's uh, profile, she said she offered Christ-centered counseling. And that was what made me call her. And I didn't know what that looked like. Even as a mental health professional, I didn't know what that looked like, looked like. And even now I'm like, wow, like what she did was practical, but it was heavily, heavily, heavily Holy Spirit led. Um, and so we, she asked me during our initial consultation and a couple sessions in, like, how did I want to incorporate God? And I just told her, I said, you know what? I don't even know what that means. Mm. I just want you to be honestly led by Holy Spirit. And I always felt comfortable with her. And I knew that there was a certain level of peace I felt in counseling with her that God just kind of led. And I understood what that meant as I went on. Um, Really what it offered and how I could tell it was God or could tell that I was healing with God, quote unquote, was I felt so much compassion towards her uh, or from her. I never felt judged. I felt a sense of peace when I came in her office. She always asked to pray before we had sessions. Wow. Um, I could be very honest and I never felt judged. Even when I would say stuff to her and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She would be like, why are you apologizing? These are your feelings and they're valid. There was just a very, very um, high level of allowing me to be transparent that Mm -hmm. wasn't judgmental or shameful. And I always felt she met, she, she met me where I was. So mm. that's how I kind of associated this thing of healing with God, because what I took from that was she was an example of Christ to me. And then I took a lot of the tools that she gave me in counseling and took them out of therapy and went to God about them. Ooh, um, so I, t- I think that for me, when I say heal with God, it was more than just me going to counseling once a week to talk to somebody and vent on their couch. Mm-hmm. It was really like, I fasted. Like I, I started to, I understood what fasting meant when I was in counseling. Cause I fasted a lot. It was me really journaling and delving in. It was me when she said, Hey, you need to do this to work through this. It was me actually implementing the stuff outside of counseling. So it was, it was taking the example that I was being shown 
um, from, I guess I, I really could say like, she was an example of Christ to me, just in the compassion, the way she acted with me, the way she showed, she was, she showed up for me. I never really canceled therapy sessions. My therapist never, like, I think I can remember one time she rescheduled out of the almost three years I've seen her. Mm. Um, she showed up on time. She never like, she was, she never had her phone out. I don't even really know anything about her like business. Like, I don't know her business. She was very, very professional with me, but it was always in a place of I'm meeting you where you are. Mm -hmm. And that was to me, the example of God. And I think that was how I associated it as healing with God, because it was so much not tying her, putting her on a pedestal, but she just, it was an example. And I, I always felt God was in the, in the room with us. Um, and so I always took those pieces outside of counseling and did them. And I saw transformational change from that. Oh, you touched on so many things, consistency, not even just from her, but from you as well to show up and do the work. Cause it won't just happen. Yeah, girl. So that's key. And her, the characteristics that you called out in her and her being able to be an example of Christ for you, you had to know. Christ characteristics. And I think that's important too, when you're seeing who you're going to invite on a journey like that. Cause I'm realizing I've been in therapy for a little over a year now, and it's definitely a journey. I am far from done. <laughs> um, and deciding who you're going to go on that journey with, who you're going to be vulnerable with, who you're going to show up with every time it's on your calendar that I don't want it to seem intimidating, but it is a decision that you get to make. And so in doing that and you having kind of a blueprint or an outline on what you were looking for and then having that be able to be affirmed and how she was acting is so important. Yeah. And I'm happy that you have that. How did you yeah. find her? Honestly, okay, so I um, heard about this website called Open Path Collective dot com and it's basically a nonprofit organization that runs a directory of therapists. It's grown expeditiously over the last couple of years since I've been because I think when I found her it was only like maybe 10 therapists in my area. Now I think it's like over 50. Mm. But um it's all over the country. So it's not just in my area, but um they just house a directory of therapists. And you pay a very low fee. I think I sent it to you even as well. I think I remember. Um, And I just paid her a really low amount for counseling versus their normal pay rate, which therapists can cost high. It can be very high. Um, And I just found her profile. And yeah, that was just how I found it. It was very, very quick. Like it wasn't this long drawn out process. like it had been for me in the past, but I really, really am thankful for her. And she had just started her personal practice um, when I found her, but she had been a therapist for over 12 years. Yeah, you did put me on to Open Path and I'm so thankful y'all put it in the show notes again, openpathcollective.com. It is so helpful. This is not a sponsored episode, okay? <laughs> um, but it is just such an amazing resource. I love the filters. It's just like if you are shopping, you can filter it to your area. If you want Christ Center, they have different traumas that are on there. I didn't select those personally. I was like, I need you to be well-rounded, honey. I don't know what going to pop up. <laughs> um, so I um, didn't choose that, but I did choose 
I believe you can do race preference. And that was important to me to have a black woman to walk me through my journey. And so open path is great. And yes, the discounted rate, um, my therapist, honey, she's making sure that she gets her bread, but she's not charging me her full rate. So I'm thankful for that as well. Cause y'all know I'm in the city on a grind. So um open path club is is a is an amazing amazing resource and again i put it in the show notes um as you roslyn were walking through your journey you got married eventually and all these things like life continues to happen right even after we make these huge decisions or just a decision to be more aware to be more conscious of things that we can do to perfect ourselves and it starts to feel really good i don't know about you i start to feel so mm-hmm um control that I felt I lost I don't think actually that I'm in any more control over my life than I was before however I think about control in a different way and that is powerful to me um being able to continue to show up here for the power and pros community and people in my personal life at work all of these things because of tactics, tools, and mindset shifts that I've gained through therapy are just super, Mm -hmm. super important. So as we're on our individual journey, you get that empowerment, you feel good, but then you created therapy as a Christian podcast. So I want to see how did you get to, to that point? Because what we talk about in therapy, the, the being able to say I'm a Christian that goes to therapy, people can have a certain way that they think about that in general. So for you to not only be a Christian in therapy, tell those close to you, but to have a show titled it that and continue to show up every week discussing that very topic. How did that transition happen from your individual journey to you being on that journey with your community? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a long story. I'll try to like hit the high points with it. Um, so I, like I told you before, this was not a lot of, there was not a lot of exposure with Christians going to counseling. Um, when I started, this was like 2018. And so at the time, I think I was about five months into counseling and I had that, like you said, that feel good. I'm realizing a lot of stuff. And let me kind of touch on the intimidation piece for a lot of people, because I think that that's really important to address. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people say, oh, therapy is hard. It is. But there's even though we're intimidated or hesitant, that doesn't mean we can't take the step to do it. It, Anything that is going to require work is going to require commitment. Um, And there's so many things nowadays that we have to just know that if we uncover and work through, there's an other side to it that is way more beneficial than not. And so for me at the time, I was about five or six months into counseling and I was discovering, oh, I had daddy issues. Oh, I had a lot of issues with confidence. I had a lot of issues with worthiness. But there was also a layer in counseling where my therapist and I really delved into my relationship with God because she noticed that a lot of my patterns tied a lot my a lot of my thought patterns and things that related to my um relationship with my dad were tied to my spiritual relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so we really delved into my relationship with the Father. And what I found was that I really didn't trust God. Like I 
saw God as a disciplinarian. He was basically a, a disciplinarian. Like he just punished me whenever I did something bad. And because of that, I really catered my relationship to him around that to where I only wanted to be a good Christian, kind of this boxed in way of thinking that it was all tied to shame. It was all tied to being condemned and it never really felt fruitful in love. And I really didn't understand that until I went to counseling and really talked into like what that looked like. And I knew I also was kind of experiencing this thing where because I was having so much anxiety and overwhelm at the time, I was like, God, I know I'm not the only Christian dealing with this. Like, Mm -hmm. why is no one talking about this? Why is no one sharing this? Like, I know I'm not the only Christian that has struggles with anxiety. And again, I go back to it being shameful, whereas a lot of times in the, you know, in the body, we shame people for saying they have anxiety. We shame people for saying they struggle with depression because Mm -hmm. we think then it's tied to them doing something wrong or them tied to them not praying hard enough or them tied to they're not fasting or they're not seeking the father and it's like I am really doing these things and I'm not really like I'm not seeing change but I'm also not under I'm not also not feeling as though these things are shifting like I may feel a change for a week well what happens when this comes back Mm-hmm. Or what happens when I'm going through a situation and I am knocked down for another month? And it's like, what are these conversations look like? And I was, and I really was seeking the heart of the father, like, God, why does this, what does this happen? Why is this happening? And so I felt so led to share my testimony. And so I ended up doing a series, therapy as a Christian. I don't even remember how it popped up in my mind to do I think I remember just the name being like a play on words and just being like, oh, therapy is a Christian, like therapy, going to therapy is a Christian. And I remember going to do a Facebook live. Like I was, I remember what happened. I was in a network marketing uh, business at the time. And the girl that, um, that, that was the group I was a part of, she, and network marketing is like when people who sell products and then there's like this, um, you get somebody on your team and then you build a team and then you make money. And so it was um, like that. And so the girl that was, um, I was under, she talked about us going live and doing lives to sell our products. So that was where I kind of got the comfortability to go live and just talk about stuff. And then mm. once I left that business, I was like, well, you know, I've done lives about products. Why don't I do a live about my personal story and therapy? And that was where Therapy as a Christian came. So I did two Facebook lives, two Facebook lives where I talked about my story and I had got like 50 or 60 views. And I thought that at that time, that was a huge number. I was like, oh my God, 50 people watched this video about me talking about being a Christian in therapy. So I remember um, at the time my mom was sick and I went to visit her at the place that she was getting treatment and I fasted that week and God had brought three people to my mind and told me, do it again. And this time you interview these people. 
And I was like, okay, Lord, like, I guess. And so it was like a huge deal for me to interview these ladies. Um, and I did three Facebook lives, um, three separate weeks. And each of those videos got over, uh, I want to say like one video got like 500 views, one got 700. And then the last one I did got over a thousand. And I was wow. like, whoa, what is this? Like, what is this? And all three of them have been to counseling. All three of them are Christian. And we just talked about their stories. And I said, oh, this is crazy. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, <laughs> God, what did you sign me up for? And then I was like, uh-uh, nope, mm-mm, not doing it, Lord. Eh, you have you have exposed me too much, okay? <laughs> I am not doing that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember like, putting the whole idea down but I kept getting people asking me about doing it and I think when you're starting something you kind of get that like there's something to this but mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. and I should probably try but I'm freaked out about the exposure and that's what I what it was for me it was like oh it was too much exposure too much attention and I was not a person that really liked attention still don't really like attention at all and so um, it just kept pressing, the name kept pressing on me and I had bought the domain and all that kind of stuff. And so I remember one of my friends had started a podcast and she was like, Roslyn, why don't you just do a podcast? And I said, girl, ain't nobody going to listen to that. <laughs> I was like, girl, have you lost it? Nobody is going to listen to me. Like, please. And she was like, just do it. And I said, you know what? Let me just do it. So she walked me through the process um, and I started the podcast like that late that year in 2018. I had only been in therapy for about 10 or 11 months and that was when the podcast was born and it's been going on almost three years now. Um, and I just really wanted to show up for people who did not want, who had not heard of going to counseling and were a Christian and not just talking about it being about something you pray, but really actively doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, and so much has shifted in the time since I started because I didn't really understand what I was doing. And so now it's just become, since then, this movement of therapy has really kind of transpired. But not only that, people have found the podcast and have found it being useful and found it to be a tool for them. And really just honestly, the main thing I hear all the time is you make it sound so relevant to me. You talk about topics that I've never heard another Christian talk about. You say the real things that I want to say, but I'm too afraid to say, or you make relationship with God feel so pure and easy where it's not so depressing and like hard. Um, and so those are kind of the things that have brought been brought to me from doing the podcast, but it's really just been me sharing my journey. And I think that that has made it less intimidating for other people to go because it's not just this, it's not a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And therapy is not a one size fits all, but it is more of a personal decision to go. and it's not shameful or it's not con you're being condemned to hell if you go to counseling. Like, I think that's what I really want to express to people. Um, and God is in that. 
and he wants to be in that. And I feel like more than anything, he desires to be in that because it means we're actively working on the things that keep us away from Christ. And so, um, yeah, so that's what has been transpired from me taking the step to do the podcast. I love it. And it's inspiring to hear because in the middle is where you start pulling back. It's like, you already did the live and the people already did tuned in. <laughs> and then I was not. I was not like, trying uh-uh. to do I was not. I wasn't. I wasn't. And it was just like, okay, like, I guess I'm doing this. I made a Canva, like, podcast icon. I took an old picture of me that my one of my best friend's husband did a photo shoot of me for, for the biz, the network marketing business I was doing. And I was like, let me just take this picture put a little logo on it. And then that was the podcast. I kind of like, literally that was all that happened. It was no, like, it was no, I didn't see it past that. Like mm-hmm. I, I literally did not see it past just sharing my story. I remember I made my mom listen to every interview for the first like six or seven months because I was so mm-hmm. nervous about, there were certain things I was just scared to talk about. Yeah, of course. Even when I think about power and pros and that's my heart, right? Is that people actually feel empowered to share their story, whether it is with people on a live, a podcast, YouTube, simply you got a picture you want to post and a caption that goes with it. And you're nervous about that. If you have to have a conversation at work, whatever it is, once you make that decision, so much is attached to it that we can't see. You won't be able to see it because it's a tie to you speaking out. Like that's the point blank period. So, so much has happened since you press record, since your mom was listening to the beginning um, interviews that you did. And that's the beauty of it. It's that it doesn't have to be this huge thing and a new photo shoot because you're doing a new project and all those things that there are so many barriers we put up ourselves that really stop us from getting to the healing that we need, connections that we need, and from satisfaction. Yes, very much so. And I think, and I am hearing myself say this story now, and I'm like, there's so many other things that I want to just do and start that I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> if I go back to the heart of when you start something, you're just doing it just to see and to see what God has done. Honestly, yeah. like there's no way I can put my hands on it because when my podcast got past a thousand listens, I was like, oh, my God. And then when it got past 10,000, I was like, Jesus. And then at the end of last year, it w- it got past, it was 100,000 listens. Come on. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, oh, girl, uh, I don't know where this, it's like, where are all these people coming from? <laughs> like, I really am like, where do y'all be coming from? How do y'all find me? And some people are just like the randomest places. They like one girl said she found me on Pinterest and I was like, I've never posted anything on Pinterest. And just like, just, so I, I look at that and I say, you know, Holy Spirit has used whatever he mm-hmm. had to do to get to someone to get them to go and I, I I hear a lot of people say like they attribute their therapy journey from me sharing mine and that to me is the biggest compliment because I know that's not me like my hands could not touch pushing somebody else to go make that decision that's yeah. only by God's prompting because I don't have that much power like in myself I'm a regular degla schmegla sis from some from Memphis 
Tennessee who talks on a microphone, I don't have that much authority and power to push someone to do it. I operate in my authority through God to share my story, Mm -hmm. but really the prompting is him. And if that's what it takes for somebody to then heal so that their generation is healed, I'll do that for God. But I think more so than anything, going back to the personal story, you have to want healing and Mm -hmm. it becomes the step of our mental health is the, that like our mental space is the ground that the enemy wants, because if he can get that piece, he can get every other piece. It impacts our decision-making. It impacts the way we feel. It impacts the way we communicate with other people. It yeah. impacts us walking in our purpose. It impacts, we. You, I mean, the amount of times we second-guess ourselves to do things, why would he not want to impact the mental space? That was the very thing that he, that he touched for Eve. He made her second-guess what God said. And so if he can get into your mind and try to you know, attack you in whatever way, whether it's through the trauma you've experienced or make you feel some type of way, make you second guess something. Why would that not be the place that we have to work on the most with the father? Mm -hmm. And so I think that in order for us to do it, we have to prioritize it. So yeah, so I think that's where I get the passion about it because it's so, so, so vital to us as believers in the kingdom. I couldn't agree more especially as you start to dive in to the work me on my journey you as you pull back layers you want to talk about it you want to talk to God about it you want to write it down and so many other things are earth from that one step from that one decision and so it really really is key it's key Mm -hmm. and it doesn't again have to be a big booming thing lights camera action it's just a small right foot left foot right foot left foot and then you look up and you journey to somewhere completely new and you feel that internally Mm -hmm. absolutely you also have a therapy journal which power and pros we talk y'all y'all already know the stage y'all know how i feel about writing after every session i write myself during okay if i need to jot down something i'm like that's good i'm gonna forget it's good let me jot it and it's good for me to just hear things you can hear stuff but you don't process like you need to hear it and so writing things down is good for me my therapist has me say stuff back to her all the time she's like what are you hearing right now and Mm -hmm. so my journal is a good place for that as well to see Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing how I'm processing and then also to look back and so how did you get to the decision to journal through I think a lot of people think about the step to start their therapy journey and that's it it's like all right I'm gonna be sitting on these people's couch or in this landscape, I'm going to be on a FaceTime call. She's going to tell me some stuff. I'm going to tell her some stuff. And then we're going to hang up. And like you said earlier, it's a little bit more than that. <laughs> um, and so as you think about journaling, how did you get to knowing that you needed to record thoughts either in session or after? Yeah. So the the journal, um, I think it always, like, it's interesting having to tell these things back because it makes me realize how quickly I obeyed God when I heard things from him. And I'm like, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> okay. So 
I remember being in therapy at this point, the journal came out in 2019. So I had been in therapy for about a year at that point. And I, I'm a person that does not remember a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, when it comes to like deep things, I like to write it down. And so I've naturally always been someone that's a recorder and I just, I just write. Um, similar to, to you, Destiny, like I have to hear it, but I need to write it as well. Okay. And I've always been a journaler. So taking that a step further, I always kept a journal with me that I took to counseling um, and then journaled following my sessions. And that was just my way of, you know, writing to God about what I had heard, things that I was in counseling, I was realizing, um, and just my way of recording. So when I went back to counseling, I could talk to my therapist about just the the things that I had experienced over the week or the two weeks I had not seen them or seen her. And so um, it just became like a routine. And I remember it was just something I did. Um, but I do remember when I would have to come back, I would be like, girl, what did we talk about three weeks ago? And you said this, this, this. And, um, I would be like, dang, where did I write that in my journal? When did I go to counseling? Like what day was that? Like just always having to reference back in my journal. And so I remember one day I was, I was driving in the car from work and all I heard was therapy reflection journal. And I was like, God, that's brilliant. I was like, that is so brilliant, Lord. I was like, look at you, you somebody, God. You know, that's the way I talk to the Lord. I'm like, look at you, you, you somebody, you, you really somebody, God. And I was like, um, this is a whole like journal. Maybe I should make this. And same friend who had at the time like helped me write the podcast. I told her about it. And at the time she had just published a journal, um, or was in the process of trying to do so like, uh, publishing was like free on Amazon at the time. And so I wrote the idea out. I set my time to actually sit down and create it. It took me two and a half weeks from the time, from idea conception to actually publication. And that was where that like was birthed. And um, it has sold, I want to say like over a hundred copies and people have told me like how they use it all the time in their sessions. And it was specifically a way for you to just do the work and just take it a step further. Um, and the journal just honestly is just, I, I just really like tell people like, it's your tool. It's like your best friend. You will go back and refer to it so often. I still keep mine on my desk because there are things that I'll think about. Like I write my values in there and I refer back to that often, but just a great place to keep up with everything related to your therapy journey in one spot. And It just has place to take notes. Um, I'm big on mood tracking. So sometimes I will go into counseling and I will feel great and then feel completely horrible afterwards. And so that was just, girl, it was just, that was just a really great way for me to track my mood uh, before and after. That was how the journal was created. Come back to when you said, oh, bang, God. Like when you hear something, you're like, all right, this is what we're doing. Let's go. And that yeah. can be so rough at times. Right. If we're being honest, it can be like, hold on, did I hear you right? 
I'm going to pray on that one more time just in case you want to change your mind. Like there's so many ways Mm -hmm. that we play in God's face. Come on, y'all. We be playing. Um, And you hear the same thing. It's like, all right, you're going to meet me in the morning. You're going to pray. You're going to be quiet. And I'm going to say the same thing I told you yesterday. I said what I said. Like, you know, Um, and so how how do you think you got to that place in just being like, I need to do this and feeling, I think less about the obedience piece. I think all of us, know that that's the thing that's what we're called to do that's the mark of being a christian not just saying Mm -hmm. it but actually walking it out Mm -hmm. but i think believing it believing that if he calls you to do something that you're the one like he calls you to do it that if he says get behind that mic that your voice is the the voice that he wants to carry the message that he put in your brain how has that journey been for you to really own the power that God has given you? Ooh. Ooh, that's a deep question. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it has not been easy. So there are a couple of things in layers to that question that uh, I think you asked. Hearing and being obedient, obeying, and then owning your voice. So yes. getting to the place to hear um, and obey, I think the biggest, the biggest thing I can say that was an asset to that was community. Um, at the time I had a friend, she and I actually aren't friends anymore. We, we had kind of had a falling out, but I attribute a lot of what has happened to her because she was extremely like, she was like a doer. Like she just did it. Didn't think twice about it. She's like, I'm just going to figure it out. And I've always said that about her. Um, and so I would not have really done any of the stuff that I'm doing if it hadn't been for my community. And so there were a couple people in my life that I really trusted with my ideas. And I think that's why I say community that were just like, do it. And they were like, what do we need to do? You need those friends in your life. that are like, what do you need to do to make this happen? I'm that friend to a lot of people because I know what it's like when you start and you don't know what you're doing and you still sometimes at the time don't know what you're doing. Um, and you just do it and it pays off long-term. So that would be my biggest thing, but also just not overthinking, like not overthinking what you hear. I think the ideas that I overthought and then eventually did, I was like, oh, wow, God, you really, really did this. Like, this is, you know, multiple things I've done. Like the time with God challenge was one, one idea that I overthought, um, Another thing that I overthought was when I did time management um, coaching last year, like, but there was so much transformation in people's lives from the things I overthought. Mm. But when you just kind of just put your head down and just do the work, I think you'll see the benefit of it whenever it plays out. As far as just being obedient now, I think it's more of um, just for me now, I think because I kind of have a platform, it's more so being very clear on the vision God's given me. It's easy to just go left because you think, oh, that's look, that looks pretty and you want to do that one thing that everybody else thinks is so pretty. But like, mm-hmm. I think now it's just being very clear on what the vision I have which has did like I've gone left and been the sheep that's been like, oh, this looks pretty, God. And he has to be like, okay, come on back over here, child. Okay, go over here, have a seat. And I'm like, oh no, that looks so 
pretty. I want to do that. And it's just like, no, you're in this lane. So I've always come back to mental health because this is my strong suit. And I know this area. And there's a lot of things that Holy Spirit has shown me and I've talked about that is not taught by school couldn't teach me this. Um, Nothing could teach me this but God. And so because of that, I feel like that's an honor to share that or share what I know, because there's a lot of things in destiny. I know you can speak to this, that you know that God, God has only taught you. Mm -hmm. There's no way the world has taught you this. There's no wisdom that I've gotten from the world that God is showing me this thing and why it's so powerful. And I think that's the part that we have to know and stand in our authority in that. Um, as far as me, like walking in this, um, it's scary. It's really, you know, it's, it's scary. It's, it's very much so about, like, I was praying the other night to God and I said, you know, you've given me influence, you know, you've given me influence to people. And that to me is like, not something that I take lightly because I could not have given myself this. Like I I always go back to that point of this is not my glory. This is yours. Mm -hmm. And so I always think that, you know, it's, it's a matter of staying humble. Um, and there are times where I'm like, am I being humble right now? And my friends are like, you exude humility, sis, like calm down. I'm like, no, I think maybe I'm just being crazy. Is that if I do it too much? And I'm like, no girl, have a seat. But at the, at the core of it, I think it's, it, it's not, it's not about me. And so because it's not about me, it's about Christ. It's about God at the end of the day. I don't know the person in New York or I don't know the person in Dallas, Texas that listens to my podcast. They're just a number, but they're a name and a face and a heart that God sees, that he knows, that Mm -hmm. he knows. And because he knows them, that's his child. And so I think it's more of a responsibility, which is why I said to be very clear on his vision. And because I constantly just try to keep that in my mind, it helps me stay consistent, but it also helps me stay in line with who is in front of me because mm-hmm. it's very easy to just kind of get like, you know, you, 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 you the stuff, but you're not like, you're not, you're really not. Cause he could take all of this away in a minute, but I take that very much so as he and he trusts me with the responsibility and that within itself is um, a respect I have for God that I could never, like, I could never try to take away. Like, that's his glory. I don't want that because it's not my job to do the things that I'm doing. It's my job to just be his kid. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as I'm your daughter and I want to love you. And for me, loving you is why I do the things that I do. That's good. You touched on so many things in that and I'm inspired by that and I can relate to it as well that speaking out when you censor yourself I think that makes the fear shoot up because you're trying to figure out how you as an entity can carry out this vast vision that you saw that you know is bigger than you that you know has impacts and power that you don't have and that of course is intimidating because you're at the beginning, no, you can't see it through in your own might, in your own power. Girl, and no so, way. 
having that surrender is what I heard when you were speaking, just consistent, dedicated surrender to the plan, to the vision and to God leading. So that way, even throughout, as it changes, like when you were doing time management, you hadn't done that before surrendering to God flipping the script. You know what I mean? And I think that there's always going to be beauty that comes on the other side of that because Mm -hmm. you understand that you're the mouthpiece but the power that's coming through the mouthpiece ain't coming from Yeah. And and just to add another layer to that, because I know I said um there are times where even now I'm like, God, why would you why were you even letting me doing that do that? And he literally said to me, This will have this is a part of what you will do, even if it doesn't make sense to me. I feel like there are a lot of times God hands us a puzzle, but and he'll give it to us in pieces. Like the whole puzzle doesn't align together. It and maybe it will never align together, but there are times where we get pieces of things. Um, and I tell people all the time, don't be afraid to try stuff that God shows you or you feel a desire to do because we also not only have to trust God to give the plan, but we also can trust God to course correct. Mm. And I think that allows us to try things and do things, even if we are far left. Like I said, like I've done stuff where I've been like all the way off and I'm brought back very, very much so in a grace perspective, because I think God knows within our nature, we will make mistakes and we'll go off. Like all the people in the Bible were turned up. So it's like, Sure. David was off killing people and then trying to ha- and then having sex with their wives. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like off, but he called God called him a man after his own heart. So I think because we cannot op- we don't we can't operate in perfection because perfection is really just fear mm. and trying things, but also knowing the father we serve is above all those things that we are concerned about, and he will course correct us. Um surrendering is a daily thing. I wasn't always like, God, I will go where you say. And sometimes I still be looking sideways like, uh, Lord, I don't want to go. I ain't trying to go. I think you just get a better perspective of God and your relationship with him as you go. I think that's what it really is. And just like you said, the continuous surrender, mm-hmm. because the devil would want nothing more than for me to say that it's not that it's me, but it's not me. Like, I, It's not it's not and it will never be and it will and even if i try to i'm not even powerful enough to lift a finger to the father like not nothing so i'm rags essentially but the fact that he allows me to be used by him is a gift and that's where his glory he would get all the glory period period the children say on period <laughs> <laughs> one thing i did want to pop back to really quickly is I know that you have been in therapy then you left therapy for a sec and then you popped back and Mm -hmm. I think when we talk about therapy as a Christian in general people think that you are either replacing God or that you are choosing therapy for forever and that could be intimidating some people know that they need therapy right now but they're worried about how long they're going to need it and then the dependency and that type of thing. And so I think that you have a unique perspective in that mm-hmm. your whole time you haven't been seeing your therapist. And so I want to talk about how you made that decision both to stop your counseling and then to return. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I went to therapy. So first of all, my therapist is a therapist that will discharge you. Essentially, it's what we call it in um, the mental health space. The discharge, whereas you will be let off from counseling. Um, and that can be progressive over time. So I went to her every week for close to a year when I started. Um, and then I transitioned to every other week and then transitioned to every three weeks and then transitioned to a month. And then we tapered off after that. I stopped going partially because I had gotten to a place of maintenance where I wasn't having these consistent triggers. I wasn't having the place of um, where I needed to really continue to process deep, deep, deep things all the time. I think after a course of time, I was pretty much coming to her and telling her like, yeah, this is how I process through it. And so she was kind of seeing I wasn't having to be in crisis mode essentially. Mm-hmm. And so she said, you had kind of, you, you've kind of gotten to a place where you, oh, you're okay. You don't, you don't really, do you think you need to continue? And I had said, no, I think I'm, I think I'm good. And um, so that was when we had basically discharged. And so um, I stopped going to her for about six months. And then when this was at the end of 2019, and at the time, I think I heard you say re- re- it replacing God. And I want to preface to say that therapy is a tool. It's almost like if you have a toolbox, you're going to use the tools as you need them. I don't mm-hmm. always go into my, you know, closet and pull out a hammer and keep the hammer with me all the time, 24 seven. But at the time I may use my hammer often if I'm working on a project. So if I'm working on a project that requires a hammer and I'm working on it quite often every week, I'm going to pull out that hammer and use it. But if I don't need it at the time, I'm going to put it back in the closet. It doesn't replace me making the hammer, the thing that's attached to me 24 seven, 365, but it is a tool of something that I use often when I'm working on something. And I was working on my mental health at the time consistently every week. So of course I'm pulling this hammer out. And I think that's the perspective I wanna paint for people. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's not this replacing because my therapist isn't God. She is a person that I definitely believe God uses to disciple me. I even will say that. I'll even go as far as to say like, she definitely allowed Holy Spirit was definitely in the place where we talked because I always believe that God met me. And the Bible says we're two or more gathered in his name, there he will be. Mm-hmm. And the and you know, I think that it's important to just really, really understand that. Um, but she never replaced God. And I think with with that even being sometimes a thought with people, I feel like that's a perspective that people can paint based off of an opinion of what they think it is without really experiencing something. It's almost mm-hmm. like I can't say, oh my God, swimming is bad when I've never actually swam. And that's probably not a great example. Hiking is bad when I've never actually hiked. Or I would, oh my God, I would never go hiking in the mountains. Well, have you ever done it before to say that it's bad? You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I think that we just have to be, we also can't really like, again, like paint the picture and we've never done something. So, um, and with that too, like, nobody could replace God ever, 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 ever. He is who he is, period. And 
my relationship with him is based on me loving him. And same as you, Destiny, your relationship with God is based on loving him. If I'm needing something to help me in that, to talk through, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I went, I ended up discharging from her and then went back to her um, after George Floyd got shot. Um, cause it was in the middle of COVID and I just was not well mentally since I was pregnant. I was depressed. I was just not coping well. Like the whole trajectory of Black Lives Matter. I am someone that can take a lot. I never really was emotional when it came to a lot of the shootings of our Black brothers Um, but George Floyd hit me in a way that I couldn't process. Like I boo-hooed when I saw that man die and I was like, Oh, I'm not doing well. I need to pull my tool back out because this is something I need to revisit. And on top of that, I was in a very new stage in life. I was about to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So that hit me all at once. And it was just a whole new transition. Like at the time I went to therapy, I was getting married. Now I'm about to have a baby. And I just wanted to process through what's happening. There were a lot of things that had happened uh, with me spiritually. And I just was like, I don't know if I'm hearing God. I don't know what's going on. I'm not feeling connected. I feel like uh, kind of just like it is what it is. I think just the the pull away from not seeing people anymore was very impactful. I'm a very extroverted type person. So not seeing my friends, not seeing my mom, not really being able to see people, but my husband was really impacting me emotionally. And so those things are practical. I needed to talk about it. And so that was when I revisited, um, revisited seeing her and it has helped a ton. And now we're back at the point of only seeing her once a month. Um, I've talked to her through postpartum, uh, which is a whole thing because there's postpartum depression, there's postpartum anxiety. There is times where when you're first a mom, you have anxiety about your baby breathing when they're sleeping, just all these things that are changes. I needed to pull the tool out again. Mm-hmm. And so um I'm not using it as often anymore because I'm coping well. I'm I'm back into my routine. I'm doing the things that really pour into me. But at the same time, it is my tool that I may pull out every so often, but I'm getting stronger enough to where I don't have to pull that tool out as often. And I'm not in therapy for two years again because I'm not doing deep-rooted stuff. I'm really just kind of working to use that tool to maintain what I'm working on, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I love that. Mm-hmm. The tool metaphor, I think, is really, really good, even for those who may be in therapy as they're listening to this and thinking about any shame or stigma still, especially, I don't know about you, but when I talk to family about the fact that, oh, I have to call you back, I have a session or, you know, that type of thing that there's still some reactions that come up for people. And so understanding that it's a tool and that it's a tool that I choose to use. And if you don't pull out your hammer and you are screw driving your way through life or whatever it may be, that's perfectly fine because you have tools that are available to you. And so I just love the tool metaphor because it is a choice as a vast array of tools in the toolbox of life. And we get to choose what 
empowers us, what makes us feel comfortable, what pulls us closer to God. And essentially what you said leads to us being able to maintain. So I just love that metaphor overall. And I'm just, I love this episode. I'm just so thankful again that you came through, that you shared with us and that you were just so transparent. We touched on so many things, speaking on your voice, how to be aware that there might be some triggers that are coming up and you need to go to therapy, what that process can look like. And then even as you're going through how you can get messages, signs, and directives from God that can lead you to do other things while you're doing that. And so you just touched on so much. I hope that you guys got a lot from this episode. There's so many things to get. Um, but if there was one, one final power tool that you could leave us with, after this conversation and as people are pondering on journaling after listening to this episode making next steps what would that final thing be um do not feel shame about prioritizing your mental health um and when i say shame i think often um shame what i describe is this i should be i would be i should have been i should be doing this i should be doing that i shouldn't do this i shouldn't do that and then it becomes this very um condemning narrative that we tell ourselves as it relates to god um and i think when we think of the way that god thinks of us in the bible he describes himself to be like our, his thoughts towards us are pure. His thoughts towards us are loving. He sees us as his children. He looks at us as Christ looks at us, which is compassion. God, you know, Jesus never really, he didn't cast away people who asked him for help. If anything, even if he had done so many works, he would stop in his tracks and do more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the compassion that God meets us as, because the Bible also says, Jesus saying, whoever sees me has seen the father. So if you're looking at the example of Jesus, you're seeing the father and what he would do. And so if Jesus acted this way, then we have to know God's thoughts towards us are always in a place of love and compassion, but that he's always there also to teach us. And it's important to, you know, approach it with a mindset of it's no shame. So it's like, there's no shame in stepping out to prioritize working through your trauma because your parents didn't do it. There may be a lot of resentment with why I got to be the one to do it, but why not be the one? Like, why not stop the cycle? Um, And so it's a level of don't feel condemned for not wanting to go to your pastor to talk about these things. You have the choice. And it's it's not a weight of good, bad Christian. It's more of I'm choosing to do something for myself that will aid me in my life and allow me to have better relationships, allow me to be more decisive, allow me to make better decisions and, and be at a place where I feel fine mentally, because God doesn't want us to feel anxious to the point to where we can't sleep and can't eat and not healthy mentally. He asked that you're like, that you prosper so that your soul can prosper. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that Um, don't feel shame for going to prioritize something that is so, so, so important to your daily life. Oh, so many things. I'm definitely running this back for myself. 
I am again thankful for you. I want people to be able to keep up with you, everything therapy yeah. as a Christian. Tell us how we can stay up to everything that you have going on. Yeah, so the main ways you can keep up with me is um follow me on Instagram. Like I said, that's the main places I am um primarily on links to everything is on my Instagram. Uh, but my podcast is Therapy as a Christian. It's available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and any other where you want to listen to podcasts. Um, and then follow me on Instagram. It's at Raza Renee, R-O-S-L-Y-N-R-E-N-E. Uh, you can follow me on there. Send me a DM, sis, because I love talking to people in DMs. And yeah, so that's that's where you can find me. Rosalind, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm oh, just... Over appreciative of you, our connection, and everything that you're doing. It's inspiring to me as a podcaster, a black woman in therapy, as a Christian, and you on the right path. You're owning your power, sis. Thank you. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps up this episode. Be sure to follow Rosalind on all of her channels and to just really think about how therapy can be intertwined in your life we've gone through a lot of things as a culture and then interpersonally i know everybody has their own journey and trajectory that we're going on and you don't have to do it alone um and as we look to friends and family to support us and be there for us i really think it is there are different tools that are available to us when we talk to those who are trained to call out the tool that you may need it's just like if you have something going on with your car, you don't go to a mechanic because they're going to tell you exactly what you need, how much it's going to cost to get it, and they'll work with you to get that done. And so um, just hoping that this episode can inspire that thinking. But appreciate you all as always. I love you guys. Thank you for the support. And I'll catch you on the next one.